Oh hey, didn't see you there. I'm so glad you're tuning in to check out today's episode of The Nominal Tales. I'm Trevor Westerby, the voice of Eros Ducille, and we hope that as you listen to today's podcast that it makes your day just a little bit, even if it's small, just a little bit better. So please sit back, relax, grab some of your fellow nomers, that's what we call our fans, and we hope that you enjoy today's episode of The Nominal Tales. What you are listening to now is an adaptation of a previous episode we have made to recap our adventure up to our launch point. Our later episodes on this podcast will feature our live play together, so hang tight if that's what you're here for. I firmly believe this story is worth your while. And now, on to the episode. Episode 12, Landing at Lindo. The fog swells and thickens, and a song drifts on the air. Fenwick, convinced that it is the voice of his late wife, Adelie, begins to run to the edge of the deck. It is at this moment that the harpies swoop in, seizing their opportunity to assault the harrowed horizon. Mardigan and Val both realizing what is happening, jump off after Fenwick to try and help save him. And after Fenwick himself realizes what is happening, he and Mardigan get back onto the ship with the help of the crew and finish off the remaining harpies, while Val charges off into the fog and slays the last harpy, walking on the water itself. One of the last harpies to be slain on the deck is dispatched by the mysterious armored knight they had met the night prior. After the fight, the knight leaves without saying a word. That evening, Eros sees the armored knight standing once again on the deck, looking northeast toward the horizon. He takes another chance and tries to speak to the person. This time, he is successful in piquing the interest of the knight. After a formal introduction, the knight removes their helmet to reveal a young woman with brilliant white hair. Her lavender eyes are piercing, and she keeps a stern look, rarely smiling. They exchange pleasantries over the next several evenings, and she eventually reveals her name, Isabella Iron Guard. She also reveals that she has a home in Cyrenil, which Eros knows is the headquarters of the well-respected paper, La Sirene. Later on, the Diamond Dogs have another discussion regarding what their plan is once they reach Lindo, the first stop the Herod Horizon is going to make on its voyage. During the discussion, Fenwick charms Mardigan with magic, and Eros and Kethlid greatly disapprove. Once the spell wears off, the group distances themselves from each other. That evening, Mardigan attempts to poison Fenwick with the paralyzing tonic he had lifted from his Lanfany official burglary he had committed in Kurzbourg. Fenwick, who is sleeping in the hammock beneath Mardigan, spits the poison out quickly and sees Mardigan suspended upside down with an empty vial above him, who mouths silently, Now we're even, before flipping back over and going to sleep. Fenwick, thinking over what has happened, heads up to the deck where he meets Val. She notices something is off with him, and places her hands upon him, removing the poison that had managed to make its way into his body, realizing what must have happened as she has overheard their conversation earlier that day. She gives him the advice, sometimes you have to be the one that chooses to trust someone, and helps to cheer him up before they both head to their respective quarters. The next day, they discover they are sailing right over the top of a sunken ship that is suspended by a rock column in the water. They debate going down to investigate, but decide against it both for time and safety reasons. They mark the location on their map 
and decide they will come back to check it out at a later date. That evening, they all talk with Isabella, and she recognizes Mardigan's slight Almerian accent, stating that her family lineage is from the Empire too. She tells them that she must travel there sometime in her life to fulfill an oath, and Eros and Kethed pick up on the heaviness in her spirit and the voice as she tells them this. She also invites them to one day visit her in her home in Cyrenil, should they ever be in the area. After this, they all head to bed, and Mardigan and Fenwick come to an agreement, recognizing the other's power and capabilities, and forge a deeper bond. Around midday following that evening, with only half a day left to travel to Lindo, a member of the crew lets out a quickly quieted shout as he is pulled off of the stern of the ship with a long hooked spear, and the rest realize they are under attack from Sahuagin. A huge wave slams into the boat, and the water there begins to swirl with life and fury. Val leaps into the water after the crewmate, and shouts to the Diamond Dogs, You've got this! I'll fight the others! The Diamond Dogs, now charged with defending the deck, leap into action against the incoming threat. A water elemental. The monster overwhelms Fenwick, and sweeps him up inside of the torrent of fury that is the water elemental's whelming body. A huge wave knocks the two of them overboard. Kethed, seeing the overwhelming power of the water elemental against Fenwick, decides to sacrifice of himself and take the damage in Fenwick's stead, channeling his divinity as he has been taught, which he has called the Empathic Embrace, and saves Fenwick from unconsciousness. Wreck dives in after them in order to fight the elemental and rescue his apprentice. Eventually, they all make it back to the deck, and another wave brings the monster back, but this time they are able to destroy it permanently saving the integrity of the ship while the crew finishes off the Sahuagin and drives off the remaining sharks. It is not too long after that that the Herald Horizon makes it to Lindo, now needing repairs before she is capable of heading back to sea. The Diamond Dogs, who had just reached level 4, decide to disembark from here and travel on foot. They say their goodbyes to Val, and Eros gives her a small, whittled wooden ship he had bought in Kurzbuch as a gift. She adds it to her necklace right next to her holy symbol, a fist wrapped in wind. Eros, having been here before, desires to check in on an old friend, an herbalist named Thadrian, who was one of the last elves to remain on the mainland of the continent of Uldaria. While they are out and about, they overhear a town crier, shouting news from the recent publication of La Sirene, the prestigious paper, and they learn that Kursburg has experienced heavy rioting, and much of it has burned to the ground the region itself thrown into chaos, with multiple factions trying to restore the peace there, the Crimson Collective and Lanfany being two of the top competitors. Before reaching the Starry Grove Apothecary, Mardigan sees someone displaying double-banded accessories, one of the codes of Thieves' Cant that denotes one is available for hire. He decides to leave the group and follow the individual, hoping to learn a thing or two about the lay of the land and the city proper from another thief. The group, noting his somewhat erratic behavior as of late, let him leave while heading for the apothecary. Mardigan pursues the thief down an alley, only to be ambushed by a dozen armed guards, all of whom are wearing dark green cloaks, including the thief that was actually just a plant. They cuff Mardigan after he surrenders, and lead him to a holding cell. The rest of the Diamond Dogs await Mardigan at the apothecary, but he never shows. Instead, they are approached by guards, all of whom are wearing heavy armor, but also wearing a dark green cloak and inquire as to whether or not the group are friends of one Mardigan. After realizing what has happened, they are taken to him at the holding cell within the headquarters of the Verdant Vestige, a private paramilitary company that oversees the defense of the city of Lindo. 
Mardigan acts notably strange, both seeming super glad to see the rest of the dogs, but also super forthcoming about things he would normally be very guarded about. Eros, Kethed, and Fenwick all take note of this, and choose to say nothing. The group learns that the Verdant Vestige employs tactics with one of its branches, Recon Company, to entrap would-be criminals and explain the misunderstanding, to which terms are agreed to. Rescue the small group of agents that have disappeared in the Putrid Mire, in return for amnesty and a full pardon by the Verdant Vestige for the crime of attempted criminal contact. The Diamond Dogs agree and make preparations to leave the following morning. It is here that we are introduced to two new individuals, Operator Ruug Brittlebane, the one providing intel on the mission at hand, and Vandir Bilel, the scout that will aid and lead them into the Putrid Mire. The Diamond Dogs are released, Mardigan with them, and they are told to report the following morning to head out into the Putrid Mire. After leaving, Mardigan passes out after the dogs decide to question him about his new, strange behavior. They inspect him to make sure that he is okay, and Kethed tries to use magic to restore him. It has seeming little effect, but does speed up Mardigan's return to consciousness. He is unsure of what has happened and cannot recall much of anything before the arrest. The Diamond Dogs decide to rest up for the remainder of the day, and vote to spend the evening at the Dapa Rhododendron, a rather prestigious event hall and hotel here in Lindo. Fenwick secures a suite for them, to which Mardigan and Ketha disagree with him about due to the cost, which they believe to be a waste of money. And Eros learns later that that evening there will be a performance by a famous singer, who goes by the stage name of Scarlet, based on a legend some 500 years prior about the Scarlet Siren, a woman who helped establish the nation of Marcadonia to the grand stage politically through her espionage that apparently could wrestle secrets out of anyone, and disappeared some time before the civil war of the Almerian Empire. Eros is excited to hear her performance. The performance is beautiful, and helps the dogs prepare for their next adventure together. That evening, they sleep, wake early, pack and gather back at the headquarters of the Verdant Vestige. Brambrock III and Greg will be staying in town, Brambrock saying he will try to gather means of transportation quickly to Bannockborg. After this whole endeavor is put to rest. It is here at the headquarters of the Verdant Vestige that they meet back up with Van Deer and are given the briefing of the mission once more to come which Fenwick commits to memory the names of the people who they are to save. Athena, a swordsman from Stalwart Company. Saumli, a mage from Wonder Company. Tewerian, a scout from Recon Company, and the man they were hired by. Cillian Vredi, a reporter from La Sirene, the well-respected paper out of Cyrenil. He was rumored to be working on a piece about Lanfany, and a whistleblower was said to be meeting him in the Putrid Mire, where they could talk freely. Afterwards, they leave the city through the huge gates of the 30-foot walls that help safeguard the city and choose to be as quiet as they can as they make their way towards the Putrid Mire. Now wearing verdant attire provided by the Verdant Vestige, they travel for two days and reach the unwelcoming Swampland that is home to the White Iris Orcs and other monstrosities, trolls being one of the things they are warned most vehemently about. They are warned about the Orc tribe and the control they have over the region, and that there is something enhanced about this subspecies of orc, seemingly tougher and far more brutal than standard orcs, each with white-colored irises. <laughs> was the episode great? What was your favorite part? I like that part, too. Now, if you really do want to help us, please make sure to leave a rate and review on today's podcast. And if you really, really want to help us, please share it with a friend. Now, I don't think that I'm going to be able to convince you to do that. But you want to know what will? 
Rex puppy dog eyes. I mean, those things are empty and gorgeous. <sighs> Anywho, please join us again next week for another episode of The Nominal Tales.